You know what? <clears throat> you challenged me oh. to uh, to uh, find a really bad movie. I, so I hope that's I true. <laughs> I hope I uh, rose to the challenge. So, uh, you know, the the cream rises to the top, and you know something else rises too, and it's usually the stench of something very foul, and <laughs> that's that's kind of what we have here <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, it, it's it's going to be a little bit painful, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? Strap in. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Post Credits Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brian Shelf. And today for this terrible, terrible movie, yeah. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Matt Pepler. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great as usual. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I'm... It's like a double-edged sword because I'm happy to talk about this movie only to find out what you think about this movie because you've never seen it. But I know deep down inside that you think this movie is a shit show just as much as I do. I'm just curious as to what your overall thoughts are. <laughs> so this is going to be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a, you know, spoilers, I, I, I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, yeah, it's pretty boring and absurd. <clears throat> and nonsensical um yeah so when uh, a couple episodes we did con air and that was my choice mm -hmm. brian said you know i thought you were going to bring something like um ninja three the domination to the table again yeah and so i was like oh okay uh i'll get back with you and i'll find something that's truly terrible <laughs> so that's why we're going to be talking about the happening from 2008 Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Starring Marky Mark, Zoe Deschanel, yeah. John Leguizamo, and Betty Buckley. And Betty Buckley is the crazy lady at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just surprising that they managed to get, like, three unlikable actors together to make an unlikable movie. On, okay. Well, I'm I'm going to take a slight issue with that because I do like Zoe Deschanel. I, I think she's got a very expressive face and a good screen presence. Uh, um, you would know her as the sister from Almost Famous. Uh, her most popular thing, I think, was a sitcom on Fox called New Girl. Um, pretty, pretty enjoyable, you know, uh, harmless kind of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy comedy okay so you know she she's done some stuff i don't think she has very much to do with here and she's normally kind of more animated than this but she's like very subdued because they don't really give her much to do other than to just kind of react to what the other characters are doing yeah which and the actors aren't doing very much you know um the dialogue between all of them is pretty lousy at times. Um, you know what I think it is? I think it's the plants. I think it's the plants. You think it's the plants? You know what? I think it's the plants. We, I, I'm going to go work out. God, it's so stupid. 
Um, I don't buy for one second that he's a biology teacher or science, whatever he's supposed to be. And I think he even said in an interview, there is one quote where he's like, "Ah, they had me playing a science teacher or something. That's yeah. I actually have the quote. Oh, good. Uh, uh, so after this movie came out, um, uh, it was actually like what, uh, Amy Adams, Mm -hmm. uh, was supposed to be in this movie as Zoe's character. And Marky Mark said, well, she dodged a bullet because it was a really bad movie. Fuck it. It is what it is. You can't blame me for not wanting to play a science teacher. At least I wasn't playing a cop or a crook. You know, I that's the quote that I saw, too. And I wasn't sure how to take that as a backhanded, like, he agreed to do it because he wasn't playing a crook, but he didn't want to be doing the role. Like, right. What are you saying here, buddy? Like, (laughs) yeah. So you just straight up didn't want to even be in this. Like why, what made him agree to it? I, that's, that's (sighs) mystifying. That quote is mystifying. Yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, this movie at shortly before this movie came out, Shyamalan said that, this was actually supposed to be a goofy B movie. And I think that was kind of an attempt to retcon how people were viewing the movie, because I don't think of this as a B movie. I think that this is so incompetent (laughs) that he's trying to say it's a B movie because this movie is laughable at times. It's nonsensical, absurd, Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like and, how how Tommy Wiseau, when people ask him questions, busting him on his bullshit about the room. Yeah. You know, he, he'll come back with like these overwrought intellectual answers. And it's just like you don't everybody knows this is bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, yeah. The buck stops, Eric. I'm not going to call you out twice in a row. <laughs> so that's probably what's happening with Shyamalan there. But this is right. kind of right when he was coming down the mountain on his career because well i would say that he's he was in in the middle of a landslide on the side of the mountain because this movie came out two years after lady in the water which was like okay okay all right okay and his follow-up to this one was the last airbender you know so okay so i i got my movies wrong then because i was thinking it was the movie before uh, Lady in the Water. So it was, I thought it was the one after Signs, which obviously it wasn't. Uh, the um, one after Signs was The Village, and then Lady in the Water, mm-hmm. then this one, then uh, Last Airbender, followed by After Earth, The Visit. Uh, after Earth, there's so many of these movies that you're you're name dropping, and I'm I'm just like, oh my god, that's right, that was a <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah. I I stopped paying attention after Unbreakable because I I didn't really appreciate it at the time for being kind of a because I I am a comic book nerd. I grew up on Marvel long before it was cool to like Marvel movies. I was Marvel over DC with the exception of Batman's goddamn awesome. (laughs) Right. Um, That's pretty much where that stopped for me. But uh, Unbreakable came along and I don't think I really appreciated it because I I. I don't think I was ready for that because we were just kind of getting into like X-Men spite like the the early 2000s X-Men and Spider-Man movies that don't age well. Uh, X-Men 2 is actually pretty good. Spider-Man 2 is pretty good. But the other 
four movies of those trilogies are like, yeah, trash can. Yeah, um, I uh, I really like Unbreakable. Um, I do now. I do know. now. I think it's I, I like it enough. Movie. I like it enough to be disappointed by his follow ups to it. I thought Split was decent, but then Glass was, you know, kind of like the M. Night Shyamalan that we've have become accustomed to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it just makes uh, you mad. Yeah, yeah. Split had a great um, premise. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on that one. I, I kept getting mad because I felt like the girl had so many chances to escape, but just through just sheer determined stupidity, she just stuck around. And I'm like, yeah, why? 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 <laughs> That's pretty fair, uh, you know? Great premise, though, and my God is... James McAvoy, incredible in that role. I mean, watching yeah. watching him do his thing, uh, that's the only reason that gets me over, like, just how dumb I find like, <laughs> the, the logic flaws in the rest of it. Yeah. You know, and I can look, a, a, I mean, if you listen to 30 episodes of the show, you know I, I can look the other way on a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so, me too. So, I don't know, maybe it's just the, a certain mixture of of those factors wasn't working for me but uh yeah yeah so um, we're post unbreakable uh signs the village lady in the water so we got a string of defeats here yeah um, so okay i was giving him way too much credit then so yeah now <laughs> now we get to the happening yeah and... he's full speed down the side of the mountain <laughs> at this point you know okay uh, all right uh and also this was like marky mark's well, Marky Mark had a, a rough year this year because not only it, this did this movie come out, but Max Payne came out in the same year. And uh, because of it, he was up for two Golden Razzies for Worst Actor. <laughs> I don't put Can a lot imagine? of... Yeah, I don't put a lot of stock into the Razzies, but man, like to, to have two of them in the same year, <laughs> right. e- either right. someone's got it out for you or you're just, you're doing it wrong. I think he's doing it wrong because I've never been excited about a Marky Mark movie. You know, it's like, oh, it's got Marky oh, Mark in it. Okay. My God. <laughs> I uh, wound up, I, I liked the uh, first Michael Bay trans- Transformers. Two and three didn't really hit any kind of mark for me. And then right. four rolls around and a lot of friends of mine were in that movie. I was this close to being a featured extra in that as a scientist, but apparently I don't look, uh, you know, like Megan Fox. So I didn't meet with Michael Bay director (laughs) approval. So I, you know, I would have just been happy being in the movie to be around when those explosions are going off because, you know, it's, it seems like a lot of fun, uh, to run down the street and pretend you're getting, you know, chased by gigantic robots while things are blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. I I just want to be around when (laughs) that stuff's happening. Um, so I watched it to, you know, see how many of my friends I could pick out. And uh, it was so bad. I I knew that if I turned it off, I would never turn it back on again. And uh-huh. it it doesn't happen to me a lot. I've probably said that a couple of times over the course of the show now. And, and it really doesn't happen to me a lot. Uh, but that was one of those movies where it's like, uh, it's... Is this still happening? Like, yeah, why is this happening to if, me? If if so much of it wasn't in slow motion, the movie'd be over by now. Oh. I was um, I was dying. I think I finally felt watching that movie between the combination of you know Marky Mark and just Michael Bay 
just his nonsense being laid completely bare. I think I finally felt, and we kind of touched over this a little bit in the Con Air episode about, you know, being fairly generous and Michael Bay and, and Jerry Bruckheimer at that point in my life. Uh, I, I think I Transformers 4, I finally got how normal people feel when they're watching a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I would agree with that too. Um, I mean, there's just, there, there's too many ridiculous things that happened in, in that movie. And, but the only thing that I can really remember is um, Marky Mark aggressively drinking a Bud Light that he found in the street, you know? Like some transformer oh, had a yeah. Bud Light delivery truck, and there's just Bud Light bottles everywhere. So he picks one up and he drinks it aggressively and says something stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's the only thing I really remember. But yeah, it's you know it kind of like he's channeling that part in Napoleon Dynamite where he's just like slamming the Gatorade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, pretty much uh, going back to the happening. Uh, pretty much everyone is in agreement that this movie is no good. Rotten Tomatoes, 17% critic and 24% mm -hmm. uh, audience. Oh, IMDb wow. gave it a 5 out of 10. Metacritic gave it a 34%. Amazon reviews, 5 stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't even check Amazon. But oh, Google I'm, I'm, users keep actually going. I'm doing gave that it. Okay, Google users actually gave this movie a 75%, which is abnormal because they like everything, you know. So usually their likes are in like the 94 to like 99% liked it. So they're like 25% of us didn't like it, which oh, okay. is abnormal. You know? uh, so the happening, we got uh, 2,800, almost 2,300 reviews. And it's a four star aggregate. Out of four four stars out of ten or out of five? Out of five. What? Yeah. I, yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> one of the platforms. What reality are we living in? Yeah, what reality are we living in? Um yeah, this movie, like, just so incredibly awful. So this movie is about basically like plants take revenge on people. Uh with uh, and they do it through the wind because the plants are communicating with each other and they all say release this neurotoxin on humanity to kill them and it kills them by making them suicide by mm -hmm. making everyone kill themselves uh you know this is his first this is m night Shyamalan's first rated r movie but at the same time like it's unintentionally funny at times you know um it, it has like these serious moments but then the dialogue between like all the actors is just so unconvincing and um i just i don't know what to make of it to be quite honest with you uh it it, it goes the movie like unfolds as if it's a terrorist attack you know and um it starts happening in like the the parks in major cities. Mm -hmm. Like it starts happening in Central Park, and then there's some park in Philadelphia where it happens. And um, it just uh, it's it's silly, you know. Yeah. Um, so you I... have like people jumping off roofs. Like it opens with this, these two friends on a bench talking, 
and then like there's kind of screams in the background and then like people stop walking because they're confused and shit and then uh it's kind of like a friend... needle skipping on a record where they start repeating things that like the last thing that they said or did as they kind yeah. of drift off into la la land i i thought yeah. it started out pretty strong now keep keep in mind uh the first three minutes of the movie are all very beautiful cloud photography yes and, and <laughs> so that first minute and a half of actual movie i i wrote oh yeah starts out pretty strong and then i wrote the timestamp down uh, 458 is there, when it turned there is no way they explain any of this in a satisfactory manner that, that's what i wrote down okay now what was it that they were what, are you talking about the bees in the in the classroom talking about that oh it, like, it's by the time that they had gotten to the end of the park scene that you just described i'm like yeah no it's that like oh this is really intriguing oh no they're gonna fuck this up i mean it was like that it was that right. it was that quick yeah um so uh yeah i mean like it just it seems like it's terrorism people are trying to get out of the cities and you know what made me think about do you remember after 9 11 mm -hmm. how we had um like a, a terror meter on like all news networks yes like our yep. terror threat level mm -hmm. i'm just like oh my gosh I, I i forgot about it until i saw this movie and then i, th I thought to myself like hey why didn't they have the terror level yeah. of their news set broadcast it, set it to orange that means somewhere at some point in time something can happen <laughs> yep <laughs> I'm that glad you so bring that crazy. up because I, I did, I mean, the, that little inaccuracy aside, I, I did think they did a, a decent job capturing that what the hell is going on feeling that everybody experienced post 9-11 because the, the next 20 minutes or so are basically characters kind of trying to piece out what's going on. The news comes on the TV and everybody shuts the hell up. That happened. I remember that happening is for the couple days after 9-11 where everyone was like actually taking things seriously. And um, so I, I did think that it, they at least captured that kind of moment in time pretty well. Yeah, I, I would say so because yeah, I remember like when 9-11 happened, like being like, what the hell's going on, you know, and trying to find answers or looking for anywhere for looking to anywhere for any type of answer, like, mm -hmm. like, grounding you know like throwing out an anchor to try to figure out where you're at in this mess you know mm -hmm. uh yeah i do think they did a good job but still like there's parts of like how they bring it up it's just so silly like they're all later on in the movie they're all in a bar trying to get information and um someone wheels in a tv randomly to show like a news broadcast and i'm just thinking like even in 2008 what bar didn't have a tv above the bar mounted you know? to the wall yeah yeah so yeah that, it's just little odd things like that and then Bef before we get too far down down that i also refuse to believe that john leguizamo is a math teacher uh yeah yeah, I can't believe that all of these characters are the characters that they are in this movie, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. You know, uh, yeah, he's a math teacher, like, but, uh, yeah, there's that one sequence where he's like, I have a myth math riddle for you because, like, some lady's, like, 
freaking out in the backseat of a car and he's like, how much money would you have if I gave you, if I doubled giving you a penny or something like mm-hmm. you doubled giving money away yeah and this person's just guessing in increments of ten dollars you know it's like yeah. okay you're you're you'd have ten million dollars you'd have over ten million dollars yeah i days. i don't know what the formula is on that i wouldn't have because i was trying to figure that out as that was happening because that you know the whole idea <laughs> is he's trying to take the temperature down and take her mind off it because she's losing her shit and freaking right. out um, cause they just saw some, they just drove past some pretty horrific stuff, like a bunch of bodies hanging. And, uh, that was good, but I don't know, I guess I just didn't spend enough time in the Bronx cause he just, or maybe I've just <laughs> seen him play too many tough guys or like Cholo and land of the dead where he's just like the consummate scumbag where it's just like, nah, mm, he's not a, <laughs> no science teacher are you, sir. <laughs> right. Um, Billy Blanco from the Bronx is like trying to set his life right. Like that's that's what he grew up to be. <laughs> a math teacher. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I give um, you one bullet in the spine while you're trying to get on the subway. <laughs> so yeah, Zoe plays Alma, which is like uh Marky Mark's wife. Um, but there's some sort of like tension there because John Leguizamo found her crying on the night of Marky Mark and Zoe's wedding night. You know, and he's like, he says something like, she'll never be around when you expect her to be or something like that. What I found really funny, right, is like, it. the movie sets up that she's having an affair. Because as this whole thing is breaking down, like society's getting fucked up because of these terrorist attacks, this guy, Joey, keeps calling her, right? And she like, won't answer. And then they're escaping the city on a train and come to find out it's that she had dessert with this Joey guy. They had tiramisu together and he now won't leave her alone. Like nothing else happened. They had dessert together and that's contentious, I guess. So I don't buy it, you know, like that's something really silly. uh, If anything, have some stalker uh... now. You know. Well, uh, you know, if anything, that's a, a knock against Mark Wahlberg's character that he would be that not understanding, you know, because uh, I, I, I do feel like that kind of stuff happens more frequently than not, because, you know, no doesn't mean no for a lot of people, whether they're married or not, they will ogle someone's wife like a grade A creep uh co-workers or friends of friends or whatever and you know that's that's unfortunate but my takeaway from that is like it, it actually made mark Wahlberg kind of a scumbag for not being understanding where it's like oh you know some guy's being a creep to my wife so i'm just gonna take it out of my wife right but i like but he doesn't know though right like he thinks like everything's on the up and up and they're just kind of trying to figure out each other I don't right. know. Does he? Do they ever touch on that? I don't think so. They and then they just get straight into <laughs> their their cross country journey, where it's this kind of like low rent I am legend thing. The the stand the, the light they're kind of trying to do, and I wanted to see more of that, and a lot of that just falls away so quick. And I kept thinking, like, are they immune to the mist, the the pollen, the terrigen mist, whatever you want to call it? That's infecting people and and making them go on this suicidal i don't i don't don't even know what you want to call it the the suicidal phenomenon 
Right. And, uh, and then you come to find out, no, they're not. They just somehow, you know, dodged the wind for this whole time. Yeah. Um, it, there's a couple of times where it said that like the anti or the toxin, whatever it is, um, only, uh, gets concentrated down to large groups of people. That's why it like started in the cities and then like started like affecting smaller and smaller groups. But like at the same time, I mean, it's like gas in the air, right? You know, like it's just floating around you. So like how are plants just like, okay, this group meets our criteria for being a large group. So any plants around them, like, please release your neurotoxin mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Who, who's holding that, right now? <laughs> Showed right. Up. <laughs> right. And it's like me, like, cause plants can, I'm air quoting, communicate things, but it's not like a sentient decision-making capability, you know, you know, like certain leaves will turn over when it's raining, you know, and then like other leaves in a tree will like follow suit. Or, you know, they will release toxins when uh, invasive insects are around. Like, those are things that happen, but it's like a, like an involuntary response, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, the idea of this movie is that these plants are then communicating with, like, accuracy on what parts of a population they want to kill off, you know? Well, and plants are about the slowest moving animal, slowest evolving, slowest growing animal, slowest blossoming, reproducing, you name it. You know, I, I don't even have a problem with the fact that they're generating some neurotoxin that's never been in existence before. Um, but the speed of it is, is kind of questionable. And even that, I I forgave most of that. But it was the idea that these people were somehow dodging the wind and, and people were just dropping like flies around them. That's when I was really like turning on the movie because it, it's like trying to walk between raindrops. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's not going to happen, you know, and I think that's the point where it really started to to lose me. And, and then the shock value of seeing people fall off of buildings or lay down in front of lawnmowers that, you know, it, it creates interesting imagery, but I, I just felt like he never explored that concept to its potential. And, uh, I, I didn't really like that either because it, it just felt like they were using it as an excuse to create interesting ways of having death scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do like the idea of nature turning against humanity, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is instead of letting the concept breathe, he just kind of shot it off in all directions. And yeah, it just felt like random ways to have people kill themselves and kind of dress it up at shock value. Right. And what's the, what's the motivation for the mass killing by the plants? You know, like, is it, the destruction of the rainforest is it insert any like atrocity that the <laughs> that the humans have put on all the mm -hmm. plants right 
and like why I'm focusing in on this is that like what's the resolution you know by the end of it like what did humanity learn it doesn't seem like they learned anything you know which is true uh, to form <laughs> right right um, but yeah you do have that one scene it, it, it's kind of like you know three months later because for the first time they they show the time in the movie at like an hour and 20 so Arundel County, 9.58 a.m., because that's a critical time. And that <laughs> right. kind of blew me away because we're an hour and 20 minutes literally into this movie. And that's the first time that's the first instance that time becomes important only to pick it up in the very next scene where they're acting like there's this forensic breakdown. And then basically the explanation is, oh, it's an act of nature. Right. Which I don't know is it feels like it's such a cop out, um, because like nothing is done. You know, like you have the hot dog guy explaining like to everyone that like plants can do these things and they can communicate with each other, but he's like super nice to the plants, right? So it makes you think like, oh, we should be nice to Mother Nature, mm -hmm. but that's never expanded past that greenhouse sequence where he's talking about how hot dogs give a bad rap and. I would have liked to have known what the original script was because originally this was called the green effect. Yeah. And, and no studio he shopped it around want, wanted it initially. So Shyamalan took the notes that he got, cobbled that together, rewrote it. And now we have the happening. Mm -hmm. So I, I would like to know what hippy dippy, whatever you want to call it, you know, cause it, it is a, a very, not even thinly described uh, or thinly veiled uh, uh, attempt to make a comment on, on climate change. Right. I just want to know what I was in like that original that was, went so much yeah. forward that took I the concept like, so far where people are like, Oh no, that's way too political. We can't do that. Right. Well, I feel like that's what this movie was about. Like get your shit together because climate change is a real thing, mm -hmm. but it totally misses the mark. Um, and it's just, uh, it turns into, uh, uh, nature as a serial killer, you know, uh, and there's like zero resolution, uh, by the end of it to these characters that you don't really like anyways. So by the end of it, like, you're just like, okay, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah. I feel like I wasted my time, you know, what, what year did this movie come out? 2008. Oh, see, it came out. Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't have phones to check as constantly as we did. Otherwise, it would have been more excruciating <laughs> to me when I was watching it. Uh, I, I do think that one of the critical flaws is that you just don't really like this group of characters. Um, because I, I don't have a problem with exploring these themes. And, and like I said, I like the idea of Mother Nature turning against humanity. Like, OK, that's cool stuff. But I, I just couldn't at any point get on on the bus with what they were doing no i couldn't either um it's this movie is like when you start like trying to like pinpoint like what went wrong it's just i don't think it knows what it wants to be and it's it's really frustrating to watch it you know because at times it's like a story about like being parents or you know a rocky marriage or science, you know, mm -hmm. how science can't explain everything. And it's like all these things 
are going in multiple directions, but none of those things are resolved by the end of it. You know, uh, you know what I forgot to look for. Speaking of unlikable characters, did Shyam? This is kind of a low blow. Did Shyamalan have a cameo in this? You know, I was looking for it because he was uh, he has a cameo in everything, and it 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 did seem like they got increasingly more distracting as the movies went on. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like the most distracting one that I can think of was the one in Signs. Um, That's but... exactly what I was thinking of as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I and I think he was he was in this weird one weird scene and split too as well. But um, I don't remember him being in this one, but maybe he was like a a scientist on the air in one of the sequences where they're showing the television, whatever yeah, like television. the newscasters. Yeah, I, yeah. I tried to look some of those up because what happens a lot of times when feature films come to town is they'll get the local newscasters to play newscasters not not only because they know how to read the lines and speak but it's kind of like hey i was in this movie that's filming in town and they give it some free publicity because right philadelphia they did a lot of their stuff in philly and uh where the movie takes place and some of it they did here in michigan um I didn't. I didn't find any Michigan people, but uh, the the one major one, uh, Alicia Taylor. She's a pretty uh, main, or at least she was a mainstay on Philly news for a while. Okay, I mean that's pretty cool uh, that they would hire um, like local talent for that, and it makes sense, you know, to read the news right during a terrorism attack. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so the Fox Mulder guy of this movie is the hot dog man greenhouse person who just I, I love it. Man. Yeah. Well, cause he's like green man should be Charlie day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he just explains everything through like what's happening. And like he does, I mean, other than being a greenhouse guy, like a, whatever you want to call him, um, a landscape artist, I don't know. <laughs> like uh, he basically. If someone describes... handed me that business card, I would throw it back at him. <laughs> <laughs> Landscape artist. Yeah, whatever. Get out of my face with this. That's unemployed. That's what <laughs> oh, I'm reading. Shit. <laughs> um, but he's able to explain everything to everyone, you know, me, while doing it in front of a greenhouse full of plants, right? You know that like this attack is from the plants. Which, like, I always felt was, like, super odd. Because wouldn't those plants be like, yeah, we're all trying to kill you right now. So here's our neurotoxin. Yeah, you can hear them straining with effort. <laughs> listen, yeah. listen, listen. Yeah. Make the toxin so, kill him. He makes some pretty big jumps that just immediately pushes the plot forward. It really does, because it, it's so, like, there's no basis or common lines that he can draw right to get like, to oh, that point this thing happened at this time that was really odd and or like bring up occurrences that could be like make you have the jump to like oh this could happen on a larger scale and he, even if he could you're talking about the generation of a neurotoxin that up until this point science has not discovered right because evolution happens quickly in this movie 
you know, yeah. where suddenly they can just release stuff out of their leaves. <laughs> it's so silly, man. Saying it out loud is just so silly. This must have been a masterful pitch then to, to get someone to buy into this. Well, apparently, like, so this movie had a, a, a 160 or no, a $48 million budget. But it was split between like two companies, like one in India and mm-hmm. one in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how they got the movie made. Was like I don't think anyone was like any company was all in with this movie. And I think the only way it happened because I I think every studio was like this sounds ridiculous, you know, and we don't want to pardon it. But if you're splitting it fifty fifty with another company, it's less of a risk, you know. And and he was really kind of, you know, as you said, crashing down the mountain um, at this point. So they they were probably just rejecting it out of hand because he was no longer a bankable concept after his first two movies because signs right. came out. And that's really where things started to go wrong with him. There there's actually a, a an absolutely genius short that College Humor did. <laughs> OK, I'll, I'll have to send it to you uh, where. It's it's a fake trailer for an M. Night Shyamalan movie, right? Okay. But but the mystery is that he's trying to figure out why people don't like him anymore. Oh no. And it's it's masterfully like edited with like all of his tropes and like the same kind of sounding music and it it feels like it's gonna be a movie about him. It, it was getting to that point, like I said, with the distracting cameos where it was so ridiculous. Where it's like, yep, passes the sniff test. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, I don't know how to describe this movie other than, like, it's just absurd. It's not a pleasure to watch. There's certain times where it's like, I find it laughable. And it should take it, like, off a contender for my worst movies of all time list because mm-hmm. I did chuckle at it. The whole criteria for getting on this list is like, you can't find any enjoyment out of any of these movies. Right. But by the end of this, by the end of this awful fucking movie, like I saw this in the theaters and knew it was a shit show then. And this is like, you know, 2008 when I still didn't have a great taste in movies. There were certain movies where I liked then that I don't like anymore where I shouldn't have liked it to begin with, you know? Uh, But even then I knew this movie was pretty awful, but after rewatching it for this episode, it takes the number eight spot on my list. Like what did it bump off? It didn't bump off anything because this is my list is incomplete. You know, uh, it's uh, a, Oh, you don't even have 10 movies that only has seven movies. (laughs) Well, okay. eight now. Okay. Uh, with this one, um, I mean, there is nothing that I enjoy about this movie. Like, I don't like the plot. I don't like how it unfolds. Um, the chemistry between the three main characters is just so awful. I think it's worse than the chemistry between. Um, oh shit! What's her name? Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. Oh my and- god in the star wars movies like i think it's worse than that you know you know what uh, i hate about sam <laughs> it's the dialogue's about that bad too yeah points. it's it's so fucking awful and then you know 
like hit Marky Mark's response to like certain situations is just so fucking unbelievable. Like it's annoying at times. So like they're in a group in this field and the group splits up because one group gets the anti or the uh, neurotoxin, right? The wind hits them with a dose of the neurotoxins. So they all start repeating shit and standing still and then killing each other, right? Or not killing each other, but killing themselves. And the whole group is now huddled around Marky Mark. And they're trying to be like, what do you, what do we do? How do we get out of here? And he's like, I'm trying to think, just give me a second. And then he starts repeating the scientific method as if that's supposed to help. It doesn't resolve anything. And then they just start moving on again. They split off again into smaller groups. That's it. Like, it's so stupid. Like, he repeats the scientific method, and then they arbitrarily go their separate ways. Because science, right? Like, it's... uh, I'm getting annoyed about this movie now because it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would you repeat the scientific method only to not use a scientific method? Like, what are you, like some OCD person? You know, like, are you having a panic attack? Like, you know, this is how you you know who d- did a better job doing that is Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, stay sharp, keep fit, make good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. You know, I, there is one thing I, I I did think that they did a decent job with is that I don't feel like this was edited with too heavy a hand by the ratings board because they they allow things to play out to a decent extent and then they caught like kind of at the right minute, like not. So, like, for example, where the guy lays down in front of the lawnmower. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have wanted to see much more of that or like when the kid gets shot in the head, you know, it it leaves just it shows you enough that you know exactly what happened and no uncertain terms but I, I think it leaves just enough to your imagination without being goreless so I, I'll, I'll at least give it credit for that i think it did yeah. a lot of that stuff pretty well i think the only reason why this movie got an r rating was because of the amount of suicides in this movie not that not about gore or swearing or anything because it wasn't really too gory I would say that like what you did see would be a PG-13 rating if it wasn't for suicides. So you think it was subject matter over gore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, look, man, like we in this movie, you don't see anything as graphic as Two-Face in Batman or uh, The Dark Knight. Right. Mm -hmm. Like and that was PG-13. You don't see anything as gruesome as that. But I just think like the subject matter of like, you know, people killing themselves is is a tricky thing in a movie that I, I think on paper just doesn't go well, go over well, you mm-hmm. know, like regardless of why it's happening. I just don't think like people want to see that. I think the majority of people kind of value life, I would say, you know, but. Yeah. It's hard to say because we're living in a, a post 13 reasons why world where that is a very real discussion and, right. you know, the the concept of suicide is a, a, a terrible question and, you know, certainly one that we're not going to answer here goofing around and telling jokes. Um, right. It's, you know, it's absolutely a tragedy. So I, I can see that point. Uh, I, I also, though, have a hard time. I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of answering my own thought here because I'm thinking about 
you know, the way that they typically do this is because it's it's violence that's imitatable. And it's like, oh, no, I guess you could lay down in front of a lawnmower, maybe. <laughs> right. I don't know if you could, though, because there's safety mechanisms on those where you got to have your foot on the gas yeah, or there's a or safety there's... kill. Uh... Yeah, I mean, even on my push lawnmower, the, the safety is a, a bar that you have to hold down on the handlebar. So if you let go of the handlebar, the lawnmower stops, mm -hmm. you know, like everything stops. It shuts itself off. But like the soldier picking up a gun and shooting people and then the next person picking it up and carrying on where he left off. I, I guess it is imitatable to a point because like superhero yeah. movies get away with a lot because it's, you know, I mean, you, you might have people getting their heads chopped off, but it's it's things you can't imitate. Right. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I could go either way, like why it was given. I mean, this is his first and only R-rated movie. Um, but like why it was our, I'm kind of on the fence on, you know, you know like I, I, don't, thought... I don't think it's uh, anything horrible compared to other like PG-13 movies that, you know, have worse things visually in it. You know, I thought I had read that the visit was th that an R rated cut exists of that movie or, or I could be misrepresenting <laughs> that. <laughs> Maybe it'll make that movie better. I don't know. I've watched that. I have a problem where I've seen all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies. Oh, my God. And I, I don't know why I, I put myself through it, um, because I know that there's the high probability that I'm, what I'm going to watch isn't going to be very enjoyable. Right. But, yeah, I saw After Earth as well and The Last Airbender and The Visit and was pleasantly <laughs> surprised with Split, you know, like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. And then, you know, I, but I had written them to off. true form. <laughs> I, I had written them off. And uh, most of his movies, when they would come out, like, just tell me the twist and and let's just get it out there and be done with it. And, OK, good. I don't have to see that. And, I think that's and part feel of the angry problem. like like you did, because um, I know with this one, I remembered pretty early on that that uh, it was the plants and everyone was bitching about that. So even before, almost before the movie started, I felt like I was watching it for the second time, even though I'd never seen it before. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I just, re I think uh, the twists in, in his movies are part of his problem because it's not a new thing anymore, right? Of having this like twist, this gotcha moment. Well, it... So people are now expecting it to come and they're just like throwing everything at it right like what's the twist i'm gonna figure this out beforehand you know mm -hmm. which i think in the long run takes away a certain amount of magic from just watching a movie and not trying to figure it out absolutely because you're not engaged by what's happening you're you're trying right. you're constantly taking yourself out of the movie by trying to figure that out trying to puzzle that out and um, yeah, you're, you're definitely cheating yourself in that aspect. It, it is important to point out that it, you know, having a twist ending wasn't a new thing when he started doing it either. Um, right. it, it just kind of had fallen a, a little bit outside of the modern consciousness. And then he came back and got a lot of credit as this kind of, um, you know, like next generation Rod Serling kind of character. And yes, exactly. I, I, I do think that, like you're saying, he kind of got crushed under his own reputation a little bit as far as that goes and trying to outwit the audience all the time. It's, it's kind of a losing proposition. Right. I want to talk about another ridiculous scene in this movie. 
where they've split up and now it's uh marky mark zoe and uh the uh, john leguizamo's daughter and then these two teenagers and they go up to this house because they can see they end up seeing people like inside the house and they're looking for food for the little girl right because she's hungry or something uh-huh so you know marky mark is like knocking on the door trying to let them in right uh-huh. what yeah no go ahead okay and so to point out that he's not crazy right mm-hmm. he does a horrible rendition of like a doobie brothers song to be like see we're not crazy <laughs> meanwhile like the teenagers are trying to like break in and he's like trying to tell them to stop you know and it's like look man just as like a personal thing in my life if someone's like holed up in their home and they're not letting you in i guarantee that like they would try to defend their home of someone trying to break in no question. i'm just gonna throw yeah. that out there right no like i mean like if someone's trying to break in regardless if there's <laughs> apocalyptic threat out there i think like people would defend themselves well anyways these kids get shot they're killed you know so then they run away what a ridiculous sequence you know uh i don't think teenagers would act that way that have that much disregard to like the situation that they're in it's so stupid like it's laughable because he's singing i would hope song. not yeah <laughs> very badly <laughs> yeah it's just uh, incredible like logically that doesn't make any sense like i mean brian come on like what would you sing a song to sh- show someone that you're not crazy it like, certainly wouldn't have been the first thing to come to my mind i, I right that, that like, much i can tell you anything else would be better than singing a song you know i kind of right. feel like there's nothing you like if like finish this sentence show me you're not crazy like how do you do that anything you do from that point you could interpret that you can interpret that like i you know what i'm gonna stand on one foot and rub my head and pat my stomach okay like could a crazy person do that yeah absolutely shit right um i'm gonna sing a doobie brother song could a crazy person do that i'm gonna drink a diet coke i'm gonna tie my shoe doesn't matter (laughs) right so yeah it's kind of a self-defeating proposition there Um, yeah so we move on from that. I'm going to try and string together a very painful series of puns. So bear with me All <laughs> while, right. while I do Damn the math, it. while I do the math on this. So they come upon a village and visit this old lady, uh, trying to discover signs that, <laughs> that the, the neurotoxin is there and using their sixth sense managed to determine <laughs> that it is oh i lost it right at the end there couldn't quite land the plane but <laughs> i was trying to describe that whole ending of the movie just using his own movie titles couldn't quite do during it during their visit they find out that this woman is crazy you know she becomes split split <laughs> as as she as they lock and, her out and she breaks in through the glass <laughs> yep. to get into. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Now <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this like, this crazy lady, and you had mentioned her name before. What is she famous from? 
I have no idea. I didn't even look her up because I've never seen her before. But she does pull off crazy really well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what she's from? No, I don't. I you you had mentioned her name at the beginning of the movie, like she was someone I should know who that is. Well, it, it in Wikipedia she um was listed uh as like a main actress. You know, like I was like, well, why would you list her? Um, uh, it looks like she's a Broadway actress oh, okay cool. um uh yeah a broadway performer lots of broadway plays i just looked it up so but other than that i, I uh I don't, I don't see her in any other movies necessarily so so they come upon her house talk their way in she's reasonably skeptical and uh that's kind of the best scene in the movie as far as that as far as like realism goes for how people would react did you watch that Chernobyl series on HBO? Uh, I started to. Um, oh, man, that's so damn depressing, though, man. Yeah, no, it, like, it really, it really they were, is. Like super accurate with it, you know, and it's just it's it's a hard thing to watch because um, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, the they simplified some thing. things and, you know, dramatized others. But the, the reason I bring it up is because there is a scene where. You know, you, you look at this and you're like, my God, why didn't people just listen to him? Why didn't they just listen to him? And there's a scene where the army's trying to relocate this old lady. And she's like, you know, look, first you told me the Germans were going to destroy my house. That didn't happen. Now you're telling then there was the Cossacks. I'm still here. Now you're telling me I got to be afraid of oxygen. Like, just go away. So, right. Seeing that, it's like, oh, OK, I kind of get it. And I thought they did a, a pretty decent job with her level of, of distrust of these strangers telling her that this crazy stuff is going on, just being that she's kind of shut off from reality and has lived so much of life and how many disasters has she lived through. And, you know, the sky hasn't fallen yet. Why is it going to start now kind of thing? So Right. And uh, Zoe describes this old lady as exorcisty, which I don't think has ever been used before. You know, me, and I don't know what that means. Either she's possessed or she's like the priest doing the exorcisms. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's Shyamalanian. <laughs> yeah, Shyamalanian terms. Um, I mean, this is part where I laugh too when she uh, is breaking into the house and there's all this wind area or wind around them, wind area, wind around them. And uh, she just goes to each glass window and, like, breaks her face with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's shards of glass in her eyeball, which I have to say. At this point in the film, we could call her the last airbender. You could. <laughs> you definitely could. Oh, I'll stop now. I'm. St <laughs> well, you know what his next movie is called, don't you? Do you know the next Shyamalan movie? It's called Old. So, you know, mm. there you go. We can fit that into this old lady who, you know. So we're ahead uh, of the curve now. Yeah, we okay. are in the future. All right. <laughs> you know what uh, movies like this, but a million times better? Oh, I, I don't know. A, a lot. A Quiet Place. <laughs> a I, Quiet Place is so fucking great, man. I kept wishing I was watching A Quiet Place <laughs> through most of this. Then this movie? Yeah. yeah. You know, because like, like I said in the beginning, um... I just thought it was kind of boring. 
and I'm a pretty forgiving critic. And, you know, really the biggest sin a movie can commit is it's to be boring. And this it was mm, I said it, you know, <laughs> it's kind of boring. Um, I, I think once was enough. I don't ever envision a scenario where I'll have an itch to, to watch this again. Never, never. I don't care to watch this movie again. I, I, I judge a movie uh, by how many times I, or or actually not how many times I check the, the clock on my cell phone, but how long it takes me to check the clock on my cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. And I did this with like 15 minutes into the movie and then repeated like, to the point where I, I like even, you know, went to the timer on Amazon and was like, how many more minutes do I have of this? <laughs> like, oh, geez. I was, uh, I was not happy watching it again. It, uh, you know, solidified my utter dislike of this movie. I mean, on every level, I, I think it's a, a bullshit story. Um, kind of a cool idea poorly executed like i said the actors have zero chemistry i don't believe any one of them you know i don't believe that a dude would be that crazy over a girl for having tiramisu with them especially the character that zoe d chanel plays in this movie uh who is super nice and very genuine for the most part yeah uh I don't know. I don't buy it. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's just kind of a mismanagement of some, you know, otherwise pretty talented people. Uh, I, As I said before, I do enjoy Zoe Deschanel. I like John Leguizamo and a lot of the things that he's in. Um, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't have anything against him, but I don't think I've ever really enjoyed him in anything either. Um, he, he's just kind of there for me. Yeah. We didn't ever. We haven't talked about the two endings yet of this movie, at all. There's Actually, kind of like alternate three. one. No, no, no. I'm not saying like there's alternate endings. I'm saying like so towards the end of this movie, after the crazy lady breaks her face on the windows, like they're Zoe and Mark are separated. The girl is with Zoe, but they're in like a a, a nearby house, like a guest house, mm-hmm. but they can speak to each other through basically like. A, a hole you know that goes between the houses and they're like close up the windows you know the the toxins coming you know whatever so they do that because they don't want to die you know but then um zoe and mark they find out that they love each other you know and then they cross the field with all the neurotoxin and they're unaffected because love <laughs> Which makes me think like the plants stop the neurotoxin because um, of love. They're oh. like, oh, oh, I see. They love each other. We can't kill them. They uh-huh. love each other. So we're not going to release the neurotoxin anymore. We're just going to have wind everywhere to scare the shit out of everyone. Now, you know, I don't understand why closing the windows works because you're like still breathing oxygen. Uh huh. I mean, all that is, is like weather stripping, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll I, keep going because this is also why I think this movie is absurd. Oh yeah. yeah Let's break this down a little bit more. So if you okay. close the windows, right. Because of the neurotoxin, where's the air coming from that you're breathing? 
the outside, right? Well, there there's a certain amount of air that's still in the house, presumably untainted. Uh-huh. So I, I guess they have that before they start tripping balls and go all, you know, suicide, sure. self-killing. Um, but that's only going to last for so long. So how long do these fits of uh, of scarecrow gas last? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, how long does it take to dissipate? I don't know. I just think that if you have any vents in your home, like you're screwed. Like, Eventually, I, I yeah. Just, yeah. Like, so I, you're just like delaying the inevitable unless the neurotoxin is just not released anymore. You know, like, did, I don't know. Do Maybe the plants it's... immediately suck it in, like, back in, like they can suck in all the carbon dioxide in the air and make oxygen? I don't know. Here's a better idea. Okay. You know, instead of neurotoxin. Lay it on me. Why not the plants just stop making oxygen? <laughs> like, not give them a, a, a chance to live at all, you know? Because it's like, well, we might not get them with the neurotoxin because we're still emitting oxygen that they need to live. Right. You know, why? I got it. Let's just not make oxygen. That's smart. Right? I, you know, you, you just, you came out of nowhere. And I think that's a knockout punch on that whole concept there. Uh, you wouldn't have had the, you know, shock value of people stabbing themselves in the neck, uh, but it, it would have been um, a pretty interesting concept, I think. <laughs> well, and that concept was actually done better in a different movie called Interstellar. You know, that was their whole reason behind getting off planet Earth was because the plants were not producing oxygen or, oh, yeah. you know, people were getting sick because of it. Uh, done much better in that one. I mean, like, you know, ideas of this movie were done better in other movies, you know. Uh, but then the final ending. Oh, no, no. We got the other ending, which is, you know, um, finding out that Zoe's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that they've basically adopted, you know, John Leguizamo's daughter, mm -hmm. you know, so they're now a happy family, you know, and it, that's how their story ends. But is it ended? Has it ended? No, because the neurotoxin is in France. <laughs> it's still happening. <laughs> <those> Frenchies. <laughs> still happening. happening. Yeah. What so would that is that your name for the sequel of this movie happening again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Happening again. It's still happening. Yeah. It's the, still the happening continues. Yeah. I'll always know what happened last summer. Oh. Wow. Um but here here here's my other gripe with this now, right? So even before, like, smartphones, what we have right now, because they did have cell phones in 2008, but not like a fucking NASA computer in our pockets, you know? Yeah, I feel uh, like that was, like, very new 2009. Yeah. Like, first-generation yeah. iPhone. But even then, right, news traveled quickly worldwide, you know? Uh, and even, like you know, going back to 9-11, you know, the mm -hmm. rapid news we got from what happened on a global scale was pretty incredible, you know? 
here's my gripe. So this event happens in the United States. Lots of people died. People thought it was terrorism. You don't think that the rest of the world knew what happened? Like, because you go over there and it's just like, what's happening? People are screaming. What could that be about? You know? I just, like, that's bullshit to me. Like, <laughs> France would know that some crazy shit happened in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, everyone in any other country would be like, we have to look out for this. Like, if people start doing this, like, or have some sort of, like, precaution and step, like, stay indoors, shut your air conditioners off, you know? Right. <laughs> like, whatever. But no, they were oblivious to... uh the uh, murderous plants that the United States had to deal with. Which, as we found out, is less plausible than people knowing about it and just being assholes and continuing like nothing's affecting them. Right. Because <laughs> that's right. kind of the, the state that we're in right now. And, you know, you wonder how all these zombie movies can happen. It's like, look, just just look. <laughs> It's right. It's apparently not as far fetched as you think. It's it's a lot harder to do the right thing than you would have thought. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, mind blowing. So yeah. So Don't that's this movie. Fucking movie. This was a hard one to do. It was a hard movie to sit through and it was a hard show to get through because I, I'm not a very negative person. It's a lot easier for me to just talk about, you know literally any of the qualities of the movie, even if I'm lukewarm on them, that about something that I just didn't really care for. And I, I, I guess at the end of the day, I just really didn't care for this. Oh, I didn't care for it at all. It's okay to say that. This movie's bullshit. That's absurd. <laughs> Stupid at Ouch. times. Ouch. I mean, I, I think this is one of the, and I, like you said before, it's like you don't want to like shit talk a movie too much, right? And my... My take on it is I think that a a movie after it's made, depending on its quality, deserves a certain type of ridicule. And I think this fits that criteria easily. You know, Uh, I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, we should give it, you know, the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Like, I feel like uh, this movie thinks less of how intelligent movie watchers are. You know, like we got to be mm. pretty stupid to buy this movie hook, line and sinker, you know, so I feel insulted. That's why I'm annoyed. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not a nice guy just to be a nice guy about it. I just don't really have that extreme opinions because at the end of the day, it, it's a piece of entertainment. You dangle it out there, whether people take the hook or they don't. It's it's kind of a subjective thing, and uh, I I just usually don't get that riled up over movies. It, it's only happened a couple of times, like, and I I don't know if we ever talked about movies that we walked out of, but for me it was anger management with Adam Sandler. That's the only movie I've ever paid for that I I just it got to a certain point as like I've had enough and it's done, and I just stood up and walked out of the theater. Waited for just smoked cigarettes outside and waited for my friends to come out afterwards. Yeah. I uh I wish there was a time machine where I could go so I could go back and tell myself it's okay to walk out of this. You you can walk out and you'll be a, a happier person, <laughs> you know, because I, I sit through most of the shit. I don't think I've I've walked out of a movie 
I can't remember a time, and I think I would remember a time that I walked out. Uh, but I have been thoroughly angered by movies and uh, quite a few that have been in like the last five to 10 years, you know, where it's like, man, I wish I could have just done anything else would have been more entertaining uh, and less anger inducing than what I just saw. If you listen to these podcast episodes, you know which ones I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into them, mm-hmm. but this is one of those ones, man. Like, uh, like I said, this movie made it into the eighth spot. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, movies two through eight are all together in the same type of type of quality. Like well, it's I have the same not listed. Yeah, you don't have it broken down. It's just that they're on a list of 10 movies in, well, in no except particular the first order. One. The first one will always be number one because it's American Cyborg Steel Warrior and Nothing will compete with the level of awfulness that is that movie. But everything else, yeah, I mean, you could swap them out for any placement, but they just made the list. It's not like... There it is, uh, the the happening coming in at number eight. Yes, yeah. Number eight. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? Yeah. I'm out of of Shyamalan puns, but not puns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it'll be a, it'll be a cold day in hell when that happens <laughs> uh man don't watch this movie if you've seen it i'm sorry that you saw it you know and if it, you liked it why you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> if you liked it why <laughs> yeah yeah hey that's a good one if you like this movie please let us know why give us an essay and why you think this is a good movie and why you would recommend it to other people. Yeah. <laughs> I would shoot, love to know that. Shoot, drop us an email at highpostcreditsgmail.com or fairly active on Instagram. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear that. I really would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Is there anything uh, you want to add before we go? No, I'm good. Uh, I, you can follow us on Instagram, as I mentioned at post credits podcast i'm also on instagram at bombastic entertainment that's my one-man production company so follow me for some interesting stuff and also follow matt at matt pepler and on instagram and then i think it's like no it's just at matt pepler on facebook as well so uh follow me there you can see what i'm up to working on stuff whatever so all right thanks for listening everyone we'll catch you on the next one yeah.